to the Warner Brothers Podcast. I am Keenan, joined by my brother Kyle, as always. Kyle, how are you? What's good? What's good? What's good? Keenan, how you doing? Um, I'm actually really good. The SZA album has been something that's been in my rotation. And then Absol dropped today. So TDE, back-to-back weeks, and uh, both are fire. So I've been very good with that. And obviously sports have always been interesting this year. Yeah, I've you know I've heard a lot of, of lead up to this Absol album way more than you would hear to your normal Absol album. You know, he's kind of like, you know, when Top Dog was really doing their thing, or TDE. If you you know go by TDE, uh, you know he was really like the fourth wheel almost. Yeah, in the beginning, um, the fifth wheel when SZA became a thing, honestly. Right? Yeah. Yeah. We're just talking rappers. He was probably fourth, right? Yeah. It was probably like Kendrick, then Schoolboy, school J Rock, then him. Honestly, yeah. like everybody's had their moment now. It feels like, because this feels kind of in a weird way, like an Absol like moment, even though he's been around for a while. Because like J Rock with, uh, j-rock with i can't think of that album right now but uh his latest album that he dropped he actually had like a bigger rollout for that for that album and it actually was a redemption there we are redemption yeah 2018 2018 so like that was it felt like even though it wasn't at all it felt like his mainstream breakout album just because it got more mainstream play than any other j-rock project got obviously if you're in the hip-hop community you know who j-rock is and you know how good of a rapper he is but yeah, I would say like from my view, I think it was like his uh I don't know about a breakout, but I think it was a, such a good album. And you know, that was a particular time when you know everything Top Dog or TDE was putting out was just critically acclaimed. Like it was a great album on top of that, and the same album same year Scissor Drop, right? I always get that mixed uh, up. Scissor Drop twenty seventeen. Uh yeah, I was gonna say Kendrick and Scissor Drop twenty seventeen, J Rock Drive twenty eighteen. Right, so it was kind of like in that moment when they really had a hold on hip-hop. And yeah, yeah Redemption was great. And like all I've heard from this Absol, the only thing I remember seeing, like I think he did a, think he did a sit-down with Charlemagne. And I think I saw something about him saying like he actually wants a radio single type thing because of, you know, he's pretty acclaimed just as a lyricist and as a songwriter in general. So he's kind of looking for a radio hit, which mm. you know, we can't he's blame. Never, he's never like, had one really at all. And uh well, I was gonna say with Absol, he was gonna say he talked to Charlemagne. He went to the Leakers and had a free, did a freestyle there. He went to Sway and did a freestyle there. So like, he went with like a legitimate album rollout with his last album, Do Without Wilt. He, there was nothing. Like you, you just right. it's like he almost it's like not Beyonce level where he just dropped it out of nowhere. But it really felt like like oh Absol has a song and then, oh Absol has a new project. With this one, there's felt like there's been a single and there's kind of been like a little bit of a rollout to it. So. I like it because I'm a huge Absol fan. I'll check it out. I like some songs. I didn't download the whole entire album, but I liked... Like, what I'll do when I'm not sure about an album is I'll kind of go to the songs with the features, like them all, you know, kind of get a feel for it from there. If I'm not feeling like listening to the whole album, which I really haven't been in quite a while. Like, I've listened to the SZA album. I haven't listened to it in depth. Like, I remember when Control dropped, like, I wasn't necessarily looking for it. Like, I knew SZA from, like, I didn't even, I don't even think I really even un- knew she was on 
Top Dog and all that at the time. Like, I just remember, uh, you know, she had that song with Rihanna on Anti. Yeah. And I've heard her name here and there. And then I remember it trending on Twitter. I was like, let me see what this is about and just check it. You know what I mean? Not even realizing she was affiliated with Kendrick and them. Mm. And just being blown away by the sound of the album. You know what I mean? That's what yeah. I like most about SZA. Like, what makes me such a fan of hers is no one else sounds like her. You know what I mean? She's got her own sound. She's got talent on top of her own sound. And she can make songs. She's got all three of those abilities, which not every artist has. And, uh, you know, my takeaway, I did listen through this album probably, I think I skimmed through it once, really, where I wasn't totally listening to it because I was at work. And then I gave it a thorough listen, I think that night, if not the, that following Saturday. And uh, to me, and this is just my, you know, very quick, you know, one and a half listens through. To me, it plays like a mixtape because there's so many different sounds on it and there's 23 tracks on it. Uh, she's got some, like she's got her typical, you know, SZA, sad girl sound. She's got, you know, she's got some R&B songs with Bounce, which I think is a great pocket for. Yeah, no, that's um, like, I think that might, it's close to her best pocket. And then also like with F2F F and Nobody Gets Me, F2F was like an actual like if Taylor Swift sang that song or like Avril Lavigne sang that song, I would not have been shocked. Like yeah, she's got punk. She's got punk rock shit on there. She's and then got, she had like a legitimate like acoustic. When nobody gets me, like she had the legitimate just uh, guitar with it. Which right. Was, yeah, she's got a couple punk rock shit on there. She's got you know like the hip hop adjacent art. You know what I mean? She's got a couple songs with Don. I was gonna say she even uh, she even rapped a little bit on SOS. And then on yeah, smoking, the intro. And smoking on my X-Pack. I was going to say, I was yeah, open this to it. Go on. The intro is probably my favorite track. It's got like a soulful, it's got a soulful beat to it. You know, like you said, just kind of rapping, kind of singing. It's a, uh, um, I would, like, I would oh. like that track. You throw any rapper or singer on that track, I'd probably like it, honestly. Like that's how good of a sound it has. Yeah. Uh, to, uh, SOS. Is um the second part of this SOS is like the same beat as the second part of Champagne Poetry. Okay. So like um if you listen say if you listen to Drake's Champagne Poetry, I mean it's obviously a sample from a different song, but like yeah. it's pretty much that exact same beat. Um so she has like a few samples on this. Obviously she has the old Dirty Bastard track, and then one of my favorites was uh Hold on just a second. Uh, Snooze, and that one has the Me, Myself, and I sample from Beyonce, which also Meek used at one point on 24-7. But yeah, no, I've, do I've actually listened to this album quite a bit, and it's like one of my favorite albums already. I love, I, I love a lot of this. Not surprised by that at all. And, uh, you know, from what I've heard, I definitely like it. I can't say it's as good as Control. Again, Control it's took me by surprise. And, uh, you know, Control is such a cohesive album. This sounds less cohesive, but not out of place. Like I said, it sounds like a mixtape. And I think, I mean, she's just so talented. Uh, it's almost impossible for her to put out a bad project. Yeah, 100%. But, uh, but yeah, no, a lot of different sounds. I was kind of disappointed by the Travis feature because they were obviously one for one. Yeah, and Love Galore. With, uh, with Love Galore, yeah. And, uh, you know, like I said, Scissors, like her, her specific pockets, like... Uh, like uh, I don't want to say 
weed R&B. She's definitely got like that that hazy stoner sound to her kind of, but like it's more advanced than that. Like she's got like a beautiful kind of psychedelic sound yeah. almost. I, I don't even know how to quantify her perfect it. Pocket. I, I hate you in good days. Like the two singles pretty much on this are like her perfect like pocket. Like right, I, it's like I a laid, mm-hmm, laid, it's laid back. back, but melancholy. But she can also show her vocals on it too. So yeah, it, no, it's really. I was like really good. Oh, I was hoping. I was like, I. Oh, sorry. Let me let me backtrack. I agree with you on the Travis Scott feature on Open Arms. It was lackluster. I liked the song, but his feature was lackluster. He had ad libs on the song Low, and that one had kind of that like trappish hip hop beat to it. I was mm-hmm. hoping he was coming in on that one. I, I I obviously I didn't there was no Travis Scott in the feature, but the way it was there, sometimes they have artists feature on it without actually listing them. I was mm-hmm. really hoping that Travis Scott was gonna be on that because that that's the song he fit on. So I really wish exactly. the Travis Scott feature would have been moved to there because that would have been I think that's where he would have shined on. I agree. And then use of a Don Tolliver, that's a great track. Mm-hmm. Uh, smoking on my ex bag, that's a great track. But yeah, no, she definitely got into different pockets and it's a good project. Like yeah. it's a from what I heard, it's at least like an eight out of ten. Like I said, she's so talented, it's impossible for this girl to put out a bad project. It really is. And uh, you know, about damn time she dropped something. I really wish, you know, the singles she dropped throughout the last year and a half, two years, I really wish she never dropped them. I understand why she did. And there's probably different points where she thought the album was coming out, mm-hmm. you know, as which happens when you see a lot of singles being put out and then no album to follow. But uh, I really, I mean, those are probably some of my favorites on the albums had I never heard them. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I kind of wish they never came out, but the rest of the project's so good, it really doesn't even matter. But I wish you know. Good Days didn't come. I wish, I'm glad Good Days came out. I think Good Days was in a perfect pocket because Good Days feels like a song that fits on an album, but also feels like a song like how how Frank Ocean will just drop a random single that's not like trying to go for the charts but it's still a char- it's still a song that will chart because it's so good like it just felt like a song like she was just something she was feeling and dropped it i hate you felt kind of like not that she was aiming for the charts by any means but like i hate you just felt like a single like it felt like one of those songs like she i feel like she knew it after she recorded it, it was like yeah this song's gonna be pretty big because i obviously artists know that like drake obviously would like laugh now cry later he knew that song was gonna blow up like there's no way in his mind he didn't know that song was gonna be a hit. So I yeah, I'll say just I wish I would have had at least I hate you and even shirt was fine. I would have just liked to hear those on the album, but I'm gl- I'm glad at least I got something out of Good Days. So I understand what you're saying though. Yeah, definitely a good project. Uh, I'll see. I'll see how it grows. Like I just have not been listening to music as much as we close out the year here. Um, but I'm definitely looking forward to seeing all this like pop up on my playlist and just see, you know, what my reaction is to them. Cause I, you know, oftentimes my reaction to hearing stuff when I'm not expecting it versus like when I'm setting out to listen to it mm-hmm. is very different. Granted, you know, with the SZA album, like I said, when I heard it, I liked it, which yeah. isn't, hasn't always been the case with big name projects or projects I've been looking forward to. Uh, we'll be doing our year end list here between Christmas and New Year's with, you know, in regards to music. And, uh, you know, there's been 
I'm not going to name names here. And this is a weird ass thing to say, but this is true. There's been some albums that dropped this year that were exactly not only what I wanted to hear, but exactly what I expected. And it almost, this is going to be weird because it's going to sound like a complaint and it's not, but it almost took the luster out of it for me because it was exactly what I was expecting. No, I get you. Like Kendrick to me was a complete left field from what I was expecting. But then when you listen to it, it also is perfectly in Kendrick's lane. Cause like mm-hmm. I I was expecting it to not be damn, but like listening to how he was on the heart part five, I knew he was gonna come in with I knew he was gonna come in with more of a message message on this. I mean, he's always rapping with a meaning. But like on To Pimp a Butterfly, there was more of a message there. Good Kid, Mad City was a story. Damn was kind of like that. I can hop into the, I can hop into the mainstream lane, still keep it Kendrick, and still show everybody that I'm that guy. I figured that it was gonna be a little mix of Damn into Pimp a Butterfly, where he was gonna still, he was gonna go off on some beats and show like, okay, I'm still that guy, but then also give you a message like he did on To Pimp a Butterfly, but different. And it just, the way he went with it hit me in the head. So when I first listened to it, I was almost a little disappointed. And then again, I listened to it more and more. And I was like, okay, I needed to just give this time, get rid of the expectations in my head. And then I I became the love of the album. So definitely, I understand what you're saying with some artists. But with that specific one, I was just thinking how that I wasn't thinking exactly how it came out to how it happened. Yeah, nah, and uh, you know, like I was saying, there were some albums that were exactly what I was expecting, and it almost took away from it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, I'll touch on this as we do our year end stuff. And then there was albums that I was eager to hear just to hear it, kind of thing. And then it ended up being, you know, one of my favorite projects of the year. Um, but overall, I mean, we still got what two, two weeks? weeks, yeah. To the end of the year yeah. and uh, i'm sure something will be i'm sure more stuff will come out the following week rather than this coming thursday being the it'll be the, maybe not 22nd but i think it'll be a lighter music week this coming week this coming friday into the the new year i think that'll be like the, the last friday of the year i think we'll get some good music drops usually right around new year's people will still try to drop some things but Definitely christmas doesn't. weekend i don't think as much will drop but i hope it will but we've gotten uh we've gotten great music we really have a boogie dropped the same night as Sizzle. that was a pretty good album from what i've heard so far i haven't heard that uh-huh. one at all but i definitely should listen to it it's good it's you know it's right in a boogie's pocket there's some artists who don't necessarily grow a lot there's as far as their sound but it doesn't really hurt them you know what i mean and a boogie's one of those one of those artists they don't have to like someone like j cole or like someone like kendrick absol like the more rappers rapper not that they can't do both i feel like they kind of have to grow and do are they they just kind of change up their sound just because they're trying new things but I feel like people like A Boogie, not that he can't rap or anything at all, but people like him, like Migos, like when it comes to like, or now obviously, rest in peace, take off, Quavo, Offset, like they can kind of just stay in their lane and it's gonna hit because you're gonna have songs you like, songs that are okay, and then songs you can push to the side. 
because I don't know why. I feel like with those albums, as you say, for a lot of lately, because it's been a lot of that, it's more like playlist mixtape music rather than like cohesive album drops. But I feel like some of the rappers still have those like early to late 2000s where Jay-Z would drop something and it's like, okay, this is going to get critiqued by this like heavy body of work compared to just like, oh, this is a good batch of music. And that's what streaming has done. It depends. I mean, it all depends on the artist. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I would I would say with Migos, uh, you know, there was a lot of growth, and I would say like even with right before Takeoff passed, Quavo and Takeoff dropped their Unkin Few album, and uh, you know they had a lot of they had great chemistry on that album, which we hadn't really heard from the Migos in a while. Uh, you know, like artists like that. Like I'll give you an example, like Future is a rapper who, from when he first came out, or even Quavo, if you take any one of those, Quavo, Offset, or Takeoff, any one of the three, uh, from when they first came out 10 years ago to what they sound like now, like, they've grown so much as rappers, you know, Travis, which grows it up. Travis as well, yeah, Travis has definitely grown as a lyricist, even though, like, when you hear him at first, that's not really what you're thinking because of how their sound is, but, you know, a lot of these guys really do grow as rappers, whereas J. Cole, you know, you almost want to hear or Kendrick or any any big name rapper who's like really rapping. Their sound usually stays pretty much the same, but you want to hear like a subject matter change, which I think has helped Cole a lot. You know, Cole, Cole went from someone who, you know, had to be a radio rapper who like as his career grew and as his success grew, he didn't have to do that as much and could settle into what he really wanted to rap about, which was more real shit, more relatable shit, which he always did, of course. But, you know, I mean, I've said this about Cole plenty of times, why I love his music much more now than like maybe his first two albums. His first two albums got a lot of radio sounding music on it, where, you know, Cole's just not a radio type of rapper, whereas Drake is, you know what I mean? Whereas yeah. Drake... Drake, his content, his his content, what he raps about hasn't really changed much from when he first came out. But his sound is all over the place, you know. So yeah, Drake hops on like the wave of whatever it is. Drake will hop on that wave, do it better than most in that wave. To be honest with you, which is what makes him kind of unique, is he can kind of do that. But then in the end, he'll give you. A little bit of that old Drake on pretty much every project he does. So like, uh, like the remorse feels like anything. Not I mean, obviously production change, but that could have came on. Could have been on anyone. That could have been on So Far Gone, Thank Me Later. All like all of the they, he always is gonna have some tracks that are like okay, this feels like 2010 Drake. But then he's also gonna throw in okay, so we're got this is 2022. I'm coming with this sound. Because this is the style, this is what's hot now. So, yeah, yeah. Drake on any album is gonna have a song that samples something with a high pitch, and then it's got, you know, maybe a violin or piano in the back. You know what I mean? Like, a, you're always gonna have something that sounds like Drake on any Drake project. You Some know, same with Carey sample or something like that. It's gonna be there, and he's gonna be like, okay, so I know what this song is. <laughs> same with like, uh, you take a Jada kiss, you can. Jada Kiss on any one of his projects is going to have, I mean, honestly, most of the sound, but you know, you go from Jada Kiss from 1999 to a song 
now on his album, you're going to hear something that could have been on that 1999 album. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Definitely. Uh, or like that's Nas, a case where, or like Euro, yeah. you're hear something that could have been obviously a different production, but like Illmatic Days. You'll hear like, oh, yeah, yeah like that's, his, that's him back in his New York bag. Absolutely. Like Not that he never really leaves it, but yeah. Yeah, no, King's Disease 3 has a lot of songs that you're like, God damn, this could have been released at any point of, like, if you just played it for someone and, you know, no one had heard it, they wouldn't know what's a new Nas song because it sounds like something that could have been, you know, put out throughout his whole career. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's been the great thing with these Hip Boy projects is hip, him and Hip Boy have such a great chemistry. And that's been one of Nas's biggest uh, weaknesses, I'd say, or... Yeah. yeah, weaknesses. People would say like, "Oh, he picks weak beats." Other than Illmatic, or you know, maybe a whole album isn't going to be great beats. It's going to have some trash ass beats on there. But with Hit Boy, you know, they've got a great chemistry, and he's got a great idea of what Nas sounds great on. And as I've said a million times on the air, Nas has not lost a single step since he first came out in fucking '93. Uh, Nas is just as good now today as he did. Uh, you know, damn near 30 years ago, which is insane. Yeah. Insane that, you know, you can't... Not only does he keep his rapping ability, you could argue he's better, but he's certainly just as good mm-hmm. from day one to, well, you know, whatever. Now, yeah, uh, what it's is crazy. I would say it's crazy to see that. And the thing I'll wrap up with is because obviously we're talking about music, maybe we'll move on to football here soon. But mm. I did want to... Again, I, I went going back to Absol. I'm just looking at the album right now. I'm really glad that he was able to have because he has some mainstream sounds on this, but also keeping Absol like keeping himself authentic. I'm glad that he. I'm hopeful that this album will get some of the mainstream plays. You'll hear it on like actual like hip hop radio stations, and you'll he'll actually be able to travel with. I mean, everyone can tour with it. But maybe get on like a BET awards or something like that. Because I remember when J Rock got on with Win, him and Kendrick, I was like, oh, finally J Rock gets to be kind of the center of attention on a big stage on a mainstream platform. And because he deserves it, because he's been doing this forever. As Kendrick always says, J Rock paved the way for him to be. Saw the steps that J Rock took. I was like, okay, that's not what I do. This is what I do and helped him push along. So I'm hopeful Absol can have that same thing. For sure, absolutely. Yes, oh yes. All right, so football. Do you want to just get right into picks, kind of talk about how the season's going with that? Is there anything that's pressing on your mind now, or how would you how would you like to go about it? Yeah, we could just jump into picks and kind of discuss the past week's games, mm-hmm. you know, as we're discussing these teams. Because yeah. uh, we... We recorded last week. Did we? Wait, yeah, we recorded last we week. Record, it feels like I, it feels like it's been two weeks, but no, we recorded last week and we we recorded on like Thursday. We recorded Thursday night because we both had Vegas winning pretty big, and then obviously Baker Mayfield in the ninety-eight yard drive like that happened, which came out of God. absolute nowhere. I don't know. How, I don't know how that happened, but so we did record last Thursday. Correct. And yeah, every so, team's uh, playing this week, so we can actually discuss kind of every team. 
I'm good with that. Yeah, we got three Saturday games. Uh, let me ask you before we do that, because obviously we're recording after the Thursday night game. Yeah. Who did you have, the Seahawks or Niners? I would have had the Niners. I would say if I would, we were doing these picks, I had the Niners. I just think that regardless of it being Brock Purdy, who's actually looked pretty solid throughout these starts so far, um, when you just go, their roster's too good. Even with losing Debo, their roster's just way too good. They're gonna, they need a team like Philly or a locked in Dallas to really beat, to really challenge them. That's in the NFC, but their their roster's just too good. Yeah, I agree with you. I would have picked San Francisco as well. Um, it would have been close. I mean, Seattle's pretty banged up right now, and you know they really. It's kind of an ugly game. Mm-hmm. Uh, San Francisco was up most of the game, and then you know the Seahawks get that late touchdown, and then they could not make the stop to end the game. Um, you know, Seahawks unfortunately are out of the playoffs gonna be, now. It, it's going to be tough for them to get in the playoffs just because out of them, the Giants, Commanders, and then now the Lions, the Seahawks by far have the toughest schedule. Yeah. Uh, so I mean. Really, out of the remaining four teams, they all... I mean, the Lions probably need three... The Lions probably need to win out. They they probably even afforded themselves maybe one more loss with the Seahawks losing. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's going to be really hard. I mean, we'll talk about the Giants here. We'll get to that. But as far as the Seahawks, I don't see them making it, which, you know, is crazy because I think... You know, if you rank the four of them, Commanders, Giants, Seahawks, and Lions, just by talent, uh, you know, Seahawks are probably number two to the Lions there. No, Maybe two or three, depending on Washington. Why? Yeah, depending on where you put the Commanders, because the Commanders have a lot of defensive talent, as well as they got good skill position players as far as receivers and backs. Uh, but, you know, the Seahawks, you know, the way Geno's playing, and, uh, you know, him being a high draft pick, obviously, he's always had the ability. And, he, you know, we finally saw it to come to fruition this week or this year, I should say. Uh, you know, after years of being a backup, after his rough stint with the Jets back in the day. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, the Giants by far have the worst talent. So, yeah, it'd be between them and the commanders. And then, you know, as we said, you know, we were... You were pretty big on the Lions before the year. A lot of people were pretty big on the Lions as far as being a possible playoff team. And uh, they're in the mix. They've been, what are they, on a four-game win streak, five-game win streak I think right they're now? on four-game win streak, five of their last six, I think, Detroit's won. And they've had, I mean, obviously they beat the Vikings, which is a good win for sure. Um, I'm really, by double digits. Yeah, God. by double digits. Gi- like, they're... The Lions look good. I mean, we can talk... I'll talk more about them when we get to their matchup this week. The one thing, obviously, other than that, pretty much as we're saying. I think Seattle had a pretty good year. I don't obviously I don't think they're gonna make noise by any means. They might not even make the playoffs, but otherwise they've shown that they have talent and they show that and they've shown that they don't need a quarterback next year. Geno Smith has been definitely more than serviceable to where you can def you can give him another year. I think he's earned at least another year, if not a couple more years of play, just depending on how it goes. So. Oh, without a doubt, you undersold that. He's been one of the best yeah, quarterbacks yeah. in the league. Him yeah, and Jared like, Goff both have been, you know, top ten, 10 quarterback. Yeah, they've there. definitely been top ten. I'm just, I was gonna say, I'm just saying. I know because it's hard for some people to <laughs> understand that quarterbacks and people grow. 
So, like, definitely Geno Smith deserves more than just a shot because people in their head are like, oh, it's Geno Smith. He didn't pan out. Or it's, oh, it's Jared Goff. He was only good because of Sean McVay. So they definitely deserve their shots. The Lions, I could see maybe trying to draft a quarterback depending on where they end up. But I They might, but Goff's going to be – Goff's going to have a long – I mean, he's already a veteran, but he's definitely going to have a long career. I mean, he's going to – Damn near carry that. I mean, it's obviously a team effort, and Dan Campbell deserves a lot of credit. He he does some boneheaded things during games once in a while, but I taking mean, caps to five to six game win streak, <laughs> right? And uh, you know, Goff was a uh, he was the number two pick, I believe. Right? Wentz went one, no, Goff went, went two. He went one, Goff. I uh, went went two. Really? Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, that's right. Philly had the number two pick. Yeah, uh, and they traded up for him. But uh, yeah, no, Goff's gonna be. He's going to be around. I mean, he's going to and not be a backup. Last year, it was trending towards a veteran guy who's going to be a backup, and he's smashed that this year as well as Gino. He's so. definitely he's a guy. He's a guy that I talk about. I've talked about this with Austin. He did get to a Super Bowl, and I understand that that doesn't mean everything in the entire world. But in that playoff game against the Saints, yes, there was the Nicole Roby Coleman call. But Drew Brees did get the ball in overtime, did turn it over. Jared Goff did make a big third down run, made a few throws, got him in position. He is a guy who, if you put the pieces around him, he won't lose you games. Like he was, he will make. I mean, obviously, he's not the greatest quarterback in the league for sure. But like him, like a Jimmy Garoppolo as well. If you put the pieces around him, they're quarterbacks who can definitely win games and help you get to where you need to go, but he's not going to take a bad team and make them great. He's not like Mahomes or Rodgers or Brady, all these, all those quarterbacks, Burrow, Herbert are getting into that lane as well, where they can take a mediocre team or take decent talent, elevate their level, and make them better. So if you get a good team around Jared Goff, which he has a really good offense, offensive line, weapons outside, if they get him a defense, they could be a perennial fringe contender for the wild card for the next couple of years, depending. Yeah, and I, I would say the main thing with him and Geno is, you know, improvement, like real improvement. Yes. Like Jared Goff is, you know, I mean, we say he – no, he can't elevate like uh, Tom Brady or Rodgers in his prime or Breeze Manning, those guys in his prime. But, I mean, he's a big part of this win streak. And, you know, they easily could have rolled over or been, you know, a mediocre team. But they're making a push in large part because of him. It's certainly not because of the defense. So, I mean, he's played pretty lights out. Yeah, you know, I mean, They're putting up points. And, uh you know, Gino the same. And, you know, the Seahawks have the misfortune of, like I said, a really tough end of the year schedule here. But, I mean, Pete Carroll, Gino, uh, that whole offense, really, Metcalf, Lockett. I mean, that trio is as good as anybody this year. Metcalf, Lockett, and Gino. And then yeah. uh, Kenneth Walker's been great out of the backfield as a rookie. The defense has been really banged up. But who knows? Yo, if Seahawks can pull out at least one win, or if they can get to nine wins somehow, it doesn't look likely. But, you know, that is a team that you wouldn't want to play in the first round at all, you know, if you're anybody in the mm-hmm. NFC. Because they can certainly put up points, especially if they're protecting Geno. If you're not protecting Geno, then uh, you get results like you have the last couple of weeks. But uh, 100%. Let's get to these picks, these Saturday picks. And, uh, by the way, Brock Purdy, because I didn't say anything about him, he... he 
I mean, look, that's a very quarterback-friendly offense. I mean, he could easily, and I don't mean easily as in it's easy to get to this point in the playoffs, but he could very well get them to the NFC Championship game. Yeah. I mean, he he, he looks the part. Super Bowl, depending on how that Eagles game, if the Eagles are there, like I think the um, I think the Eagles match up really well against the 49ers. I think the 49ers match up really well against the Cowboys. I think the I think Cow- the Niners match up very well against anybody. Oh yeah, they do for sure. I'm just saying, like I feel like there's that kind of almost a triangle effect a little bit. Like I think Philly can play with anybody. The Niners can play really with anybody, but it just all it kind of all depends. Like I remember two years ago, it was Tampa played. Tampa wanted Green Bay. Green Bay wanted the Rams. The Rams wanted Tampa. Like it's just how it, how it worked out in that tri- triangle. But we can go on to these Saturday games. All right. First, we got Colts at Vikings, and uh, the Vikings are a three and a half point favorite at home. I'm gonna roll the Vikings here in a 25 to 17 game. Yeah, as I say, I think they bounce back after that loss. Was divisional game. They're at home. Uh, I've got this game about. I think it's gonna be a little closer though. I got this game twenty-four to twenty. Yeah, Vikings are a weird team. They're so hard to quantify. Nobody seems to believe in them at all, which I completely understand. But I mean, they're the type of team. Their defense never really rises to the occasion, which is weird because they got some talent on defense. Not like they're talentless on defense, and then on offense. You know, if you're in a shootout with them or if you're in a close game, they're as dangerous as anybody because, I mean, Kirk Cousins can play with any quarterback. Justin Jefferson is obviously, you know. Arguably the best receiver in football. Exactly. You want him as a weapon as much as anybody, right? And then you got Dalvin Cook, who on a given day could tear up your defense as a running back. So, I mean, they've got the weapons. They just play up and down to their competition, it seems. You know, so they're really – they're a weird team to quantify. They were lucky to have, I don't want to say a weak NFC North, especially because of how the Lions are playing right now and the Packers even look better. I would say a competitive NFC North. I mean, you don't get to the amount of wins they have without being a good team, but they are certainly probably one of the weirder teams to quantify. And then the Colts, they're no slouch. I mean, Ryan, Matt Ryan's older, so he's not the greatest in the pocket, not the most fleet of foot. Right, so if you get a good pass rush on them, it could be an early night for the Colts. You know what yeah. I mean? As we saw, as we saw against the Cowboys, where it just was night night in the fourth quarter. You know, Dallas had control of the game anyway. But I mean, if Matt Ryan's got time and he can just sit back and kind of pick you apart, Colts could come out of there with a win. Colts could definitely push the Vikings to the brink. But uh, we'll see. Yes, hundred percent. Then the second game we have is Ravens at the Browns. Ravens are a two-and-a-half-point underdog in Cleveland. I'm going to go with the Ravens here. We'll say 23-20 to 20 field goal game. I like Tyler Huntley a lot, but I do have the Browns in this game. Deshaun's been looking a little better. Obviously, he hasn't played in over two years, so coming back in the first two games, the NFL's a high-speed game. <laughs> Miles Garrett, I think, is going to wreck this game. I've got this game going to Cleveland, the likes of 20-17. to 17. Yeah, I don't – Deshaun, you're right. He's looked better last game than his first game, 
So doesn't look great, don't looks, get me wrong. I don't think he looks great at all. No, no, like, no, it uh, doesn't look great by any means. He used to look yeah, better than he did the first Definitely game. saw flashes of the old Deshaun where, you know, it looks like you've got him wrapped up for a sack and then he somehow throws the ball 10 yards downfield to an open receiver. Yeah. Uh, and, it, you know, his scrambling prowess, like we definitely see flashes of the old Deshaun, but I don't think we'll see. I mean, who knows? Maybe he's done for good i wouldn't bet on it because you know he is such an elite talent at quarterback but you really never know i mean it took mike vick a while to really get it back you know yeah, what i mean he came, he came back in like 08 and it took him to 11 really to have that breakout season with the eagles right so uh i mean obviously you know next year after a full training camp preseason all that deshaun's probably going to be more of a weapon uh raven's got a lot to play for here obviously them being neck and neck with the Bengals for the afc north lead um and they will have Huntley back. You know, Huntley went out with a concussion last week. They found some rhythm on offense last week in a tough game against the Steelers. Uh, you can absolutely run the ball on the Browns. So, I mean, as long as the Ravens can do that and keep moving the chains, they should be okay in this game. And if they can, you know, now more than ever, will you be able to get a bad throw from Deshaun? So if Deshaun throws you one or two this game, on top of the Ravens being able to control the ball and Huntley, you know, being a pretty smart quarterback, uh, I feel like the Ravens should get out of there with a win. And then they should, who knows, but they should get Lamar back for the, uh, the Christmas Eve games. So we'll see. Yeah, I was going to say, it's going to be a close game regardless. I was going to say, we both have it a three-point win. We just have it going different ways. And then we got the Dolphins at the Bills. Bills are seven-point favorite at home. I'm rolling with the Bills as well. I'm going to say something like 29, 29 to 20. I think this is I think this is going to be a, a close game. The weather in Buffalo is supposed to be garbage. So I I think this I think Buffalo is going to win because they're more built for the snow than Miami is. But I got this game in the about 24 to 18 range. I would not be surprised to see now that information because, I mean, there is a storm going through the Northeast here, but uh, I would not be surprised to see the Bills win by two touchdowns. I mean, the, the Dolphins are kind of coming back to earth. Yes, they're explosive. Uh, yes, they have big playability. One of their touchdowns last week was a fumble recovery by Tyreek Hill. Uh, Tua's kind of coming back to earth. I don't want to do the whole I told you so thing because I don't think that's the case because Tua's definitely played well this year. But, I mean, much like the Niners offense, Mike McDaniel comes from the Shanahan tree. This is a very quarterback-friendly offense. Uh, yeah. I think the Dolphins I think the Dolphins are pretty fugazi regardless of the talent as far as contenders go. Their defense has not improved. Their offense is there. But I don't think their offense is, you know, such as, like, the Chiefs or the Bengals to where, okay, we're shutting them out, but they can kind of just put seven or eight on you, you know, with a two-point conversion, whatever they need. I don't think Tua's got that ability yet. Tyreek Hill certainly can, but I don't know. I'd be interested, and this will probably happen, depending on what the matchup is, but I'm very interested interested to see Tua down 10, third quarter, late third quarter on the road kind of thing, or even if it's at home. But down 10, you need to score whether it's a field goal, whether it's a touchdown, you need points. And uh, you can't just rely on the big plays. What's Tua going to do? I'm very interested in that. Um, I'm interested to see him in the bad weather because uh, obviously, like we know, we watch Tom. I'm on that just to bring up Tom, but Tom's like one of, if not the best, bad weather quarterback. Aaron Rodgers is one of the best 
bad weather quarterback. Same with Patrick Mahomes. That's funny. That's so funny you said that because I literally was thinking today. I don't know what triggered it. I think it was uh, hearing about the Buffalo game being in bad weather, actually. Uh, I was thinking, like, damn, Tom Brady's probably the best bad weather quarterback I can think of just because he's played in so many weird Tom like, Aaron weird weather and games. Mahomes are going to start being up there because obviously Casey's not nice in December. But yeah, no, both of them. I've both of those two are great. I mean, thinking about it now, Tom threw for five touchdowns in the first half against Tennessee in a snowstorm. But anyways, yeah, no, I just it's going to be interesting to see someone who is from Hawaii, who played in Alabama, who played in mostly domes and now plays in Miami to see how he fares with a, even with an offense in the north, especially because Raheem Mostert's a solid back. Uh, Jeff Wilson Jr., both from the 49ers randomly, are, is a solid back as well, but their running game isn't crazy. They're, it's okay, but it's not great. So they're gonna air, if they're going to beat teams, they got to air it out. It's going to be interesting to see how Tua's arm holds up in that weather. I agree. I think it's going to go badly. And you know what? I'm even changing my pick. The Bills are going to win, but I think the Dolphins are going to get under 20. So... Whether it's 29, 29 might be a little audacious. Uh, we'll say 29-17. I'm going to roll that. 29-17 okay. Bills. Uh, and the Bills, people are saying, and this is true, by the way, they might not look as dominant as they did the first quarter of the season. Very true. But they are riding, I believe, a three-game win streak right now, which is where you – Maybe even be four, but you going. Yeah, and that's exactly where you want to be going towards the postseason. So they might not be as explosive, no, but – you know, they're going to be riding high, should be going into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Uh, their schedule's not as favorable as KC's. Uh, Kansas City's probably got the easiest schedule out of, like, the top three right now being them, uh, the Bills, the Chiefs, and the Bengals. Uh, Chiefs got the easiest schedule for sure out of that. But, you know, the Bills are going to be going for that one seed. Uh, they look to be on a collision course with KC, but, I mean... Since you know, you still got, got the Bengals right since there. He's trying to stop in the way, and uh, they play on January second. So yeah, we're gonna see. Obviously, we saw Cincy play. Yep, we saw Cincy play KC. They're three and zero against them. So they kind of have the number there. But obviously, it's Mahomes. It's Andy Reid. They can win a game against Cincinnati. We just got to see it. Uh, it's gonna be interesting yeah. to see how Buffalo fares against. Cincinnati to see if Cincinnati's kind of not the stranglehold, but it's got that confidence over both teams or if Buffalo can kind of, it's going to be a good barometer for both check, especially for Buffalo because they haven't played as many of those top, top teams in a while. So it's going to be a good check to see, okay, how are we going into the playoffs? For sure. I mean, they've gotten some, uh, they've gotten some tough wins, Yeah, uh, you know, good win over the Jets last week. Uh, again, you give, you give them and KC the the uh, the top of the food chain probably in the AFC, but uh, Cincinnati's right there. They can be either one of them, and then you got Baltimore lurking. We don't really know how they're going to look, but in comparison to the other three teams, whereas you know Kansas City's still playing lights out, Bills, as we said, not playing how they want to play, probably not as explosive, but again, riding a a four game win streak, and then the Bengals playing their best ball going into the postseason. So the Bengals, I mean, I look at as the most dangerous team. Absolutely. I look at 
the Bengals as the most dangerous team in the AFC right now. Yeah. As far as, you know, if you're KC or if you're Buffalo. They're, you do not want they're Cincinnati. Like, I was going to say, they're kind of how the Bills are. But even the Bills... Even the Bills have a little bit. Not that the Bengals are the best at anything, but they have no real weakness. Their offensive line has gotten tremendously better throughout the season, which you you would expect because now they're they've played together before. You just had a bunch of decent pieces, decent and good pieces put together. They had to find time, but so their offensive line's not a weakness anymore. Burrow's actually gotten protection, good run game, obviously a great passing game, good front. Good corners, good safeties, good like they're just good everywhere. Like Buffalo's main weakness would be: can you run the ball consistently? Devin Singletary, uh, James Cook have been okay, but they don't run enough. And then with KC, it's that secondary because they can run even a little bit. Uh, Isaiah Pacheco's been very good for them, but it's can KC get a stop if they need to? Those are those are kind of the weaknesses there. The Bengals don't have any, but. Again, when the Bills are rolling or the Chiefs are rolling, they're almost unbeatable. Bills also lost Michael Hyde for the season. So, uh, and uh, so Ambon Miller, which is huge. That's right, Ambon Miller, of course, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, not Bills not at full strength, but, you know, postseason tested, battle tested, uh, whole season built for those moments. So they'll be ready once the time comes. And again, like you said, good litmus test, even though we know what these teams are as far as the Bengals and the Bills, uh, good litmus test on January 2nd, Monday night, big spot. Can't wait for that game. Yeah. Next, we got the Falcons at the Saints. Uh, Saints are a four-point favorite at home. Your guess is as good as mine with this game. Desmond Ritter making his first start. Uh the NFC South still wide open. I couldn't. Either one of the four teams are not anything great to me. Um, so who the hell knows who ends up? I mean, you give the edge to Tampa, but I mean, Tampa just does not look great. Uh, but we'll stick with this game right here. Again, your guess is as good as mine when it comes to this. I'm just going to cap it at 24-23, and I'm going to give the edge to the Saints. All right. I have it at twenty two fifty. Uh, not even twenty. I can't have it at twenty two. I have it at uh nineteen to fifteen Saints. I don't. I'm literally picking them because they're at home, and that's about that. <laughs> I have no. We've been analyzing a lot of teams. I've got nothing to say about either one of them. I think Tampa's got the division, but also it's not a shoe in because they haven't looked great. But they do have a favorable schedule at the end of the season. But yeah, no, I think the Saints will. Win the game. Not confident. One one of the games of the weekend right here, we kind of already alluded to it. Lions at the Jets. Jets are a one-point underdog at home. They were previously favored. Mike White will not be able to make the game. They have Zach Wilson at quarterback. Um, you know, the, the season really kind of hinges on this game for the Lions almost. And, uh, you know, they really need this game. Tough game. Jets being a playoff team. Now they got Zach Wilson in that quarterback. That's a gift. It really is. Granted, this game is going to be a cold weather game, too. Not the best weather in New York. I think it's going to be a mostly fair day, but I think it's cold weather. Jared Goff is not a good cold weather quarterback at all. He's, uh, you know, he struggled in cold weather games. So we'll see. But I think even the way the Jets are playing, they're kind of – you know, they're kind of playing their best ball going towards a postseason. 
but Zach Wilson undoubtedly holds them back. And they need this game to stay in the postseason picture. And you're just kind of thrusting Zach Wilson back into that spot where we didn't even, he wasn't expecting to be back probably. Uh, I would not be surprised if we see Joe Flacco in this game. And I think the Lions are going to win. I think it'll still be close because, you know, the Jets just have talent everywhere to remain close. Uh, so I'm going to say the Lions 26 to 19. I have this game 25 21 Detroit. Zach Wilson being in, I will never bet Zach Wilson to win a game, I think, ever in my life again. Unless they play maybe Houston, and even then I might bet against him. Um, the one thing I wanted to say when we were talking about Goff earlier, that because you were talking about them improving, one thing I want to give him credit for is the knock on Goff the entire time he was with the Rams was he was terrible against the Blitz. You give him a good pocket, he can throw the ball. You start to get pressure up on him, he would just fold. He, is he still like, is terrible against the Blitz, I will say that. He's actually been better surprisingly um i think he has like a hundred rating against the blitz this year so he's actually been better than expected and i wanted to like he's still it's still not something he's very comfortable with but i think he's shown that he is getting a little bit more comfortable with the blitz comparatively to when he was with the the rams i only say that because i'm pretty sure i heard a stat the other day saying he was 27th in the league against the blitz uh when pressured I could be. And I then, say, could the stat I'm looking at could be wrong, or it could have been a last year stat. But it looked like. It, but anyways, Jared Goff against the Blitz. I feel he. I've seen he's gotten a little bit better than he was with the Rams. He still might not be as good as I'm thinking, or as I was looking here. But that is okay. Anyways, regardless of that, Blitz no Blitz. If Zach Wilson's on the side, I'm not gonna. I'm not betting it. I have Detroit twenty-five twenty-one. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna look just to see because I thought I heard a stat the other day that was twenty-seven Jared Goff and Brady was like twenty-nine. Maybe it was someone else. Maybe it wasn't Goff. Maybe I'm thinking. But uh, Mac Jones is thirty-one and then thirty-two is Zach Wilson. So. That's the AFC East right there. Mm. Uh, That's nice. I love that. No, maybe, I'm Jared Goff, maybe I was thinking about someone else. Jared Goff, you're right. Jared Goff's at 14, so he has improved. I thought it was Goff, but I guess not. And then, uh, yeah, Garoppolo's near the bottom of that list. Kyler. Really not been great against the Blitz this year. Uh, anyway, moving on to the next game, Chiefs at Texans. Doesn't matter the final score. The Chiefs should win this game. Granted, the Texans played with the Cowboys last year. Um, I've said it plenty of times. Like so, this is at Houston. Chiefs are a fourteen and a half point favorite. Uh, would not be surprised in the least to see the Texans cover here. Texans remain competitive even with their record. Uh, but I'm going to go Chiefs. We'll say thirty-one to seventeen. Chiefs 31 to 17. I'm going to have the Chiefs 28 to 17. I'm going to have. I think it's going to be a little bit less, but yeah, I think Houston's going to have enough to kind of throw on them a little bit, but otherwise it'll be fine. Uh, Next, we got Eagles at the Bears. Eagles are a nine point favorite. We do not know if Justin Fields is going to play this game. 
doesn't matter. Philly should win this game. Philly is the class of the NFL right now, it looks like. Uh, I've got the Eagles. Shit, I got them going over 35. This Bears defense is nothing. So we'll say 37 to 22. Um, that's with Justin Fields playing, 37 to 22. Yeah, Justin Fields is playing. I've got this game about 34 to 20, Philadelphia. There's not much that needs to be said other than they're the best team in the NFL right now, and that's that. They can do everything. No holes, no weaknesses in that team. Uh, next, we got Steelers at the Panthers. Do not know if Pickett's playing yet for the Steelers. Uh, Panthers are a three-point favorite. The Panthers are miraculously still in the playoff hunt, in the division hunt for the NFC South. Excuse me. Um, really found the rhythm running the ball. Darnold not killing them. Uh, they got something to play for here. Steelers playing really good ball. But if, if it's not Pickett, they will lose this game with Mitchell Trubisky at quarterback. So I'm going to go with the Panthers. I feel like 24 is like a number I say every fucking week, like six different times. It's a good default number, I guess. So, shit. But I don't see the Panthers really going over 24, 25. We'll say 21. No, we'll say 23 to 17. They'll somehow get to 17, I guess. That's if Pickett plays. But, uh. I mean, if Pickett plays, it'll be even closer than that. But I'm going to assume it's Trubisky. We'll say 23-17, and that's being nice. I can see the Panthers winning by double digits if it's Trubisky. They got a good defense. They can run the ball. They can control the game. Darnold's got ability. Uh, you know, out of all these quarterbacks who are unsuccessful, every time I see Darnold play, he has three or four plays that make you go like, oh, damn, there's like real ability there. You know what I mean? Like, I really can't quit Darnold as a quarterback because, yeah, he can make mistakes, but he carries himself pretty well in an offense. Like, as far as, like, his read for it, he can, yeah, he gives you bad throws, but I still like him as a as a quarterback and even as a prospect, still pretty young. So, uh, I don't know, Darnold, interesting quarterback for me. Yeah, no, he can, Sam Darnold's always been weird. He's like, you can't trust him, but then at the same time, like, he has a few, as you said, he has a few throws where you're like, oh, oh, that's elite. <laughs> like, not even just good. It's like, oh, that's an elite throw. But mm -hmm. even speaking so, I've got Pittsburgh 21 to 18. I'm, more, I'm under the impression that uh, Pickett's going to play, but I like, I like Mike Tomlin. I trust Mike Tomlin in this spot, so... I think that the and I don't think the Panthers are great. They are either they're a hot and cold team. So I, I got the doubtful. Panthers. Is he official? He's officially a oh, doubtful. doubtful. Yeah, you know what? We ain't gonna do it with Trubisky. I'm rolling with it. Twenty-one, twenty-one, eighteen. Pit. Pitching your wagons to anything. Trubisky is interested. That's for sure. Uh, so next we got Cowboys. This is a this is a this matchup kind of perplexes me honestly. Uh, Cowboys at Jags. Jaguars are four and a half point favorite, or sorry, four and a half point underdog at home. Uh, Jaguars, great win last week against Tennessee. They're not going to the playoffs. They're building for next year. I've said it before. They can beat anybody. They can lose to anybody. Cowboys played down to their competition last week. Um, 
looking ahead to the Eagles. Listen, the Cowboys, in a way, really need this game, but I'm not confident in them. I'm going to roll with the Jaguars. I want to see the Cowboys win this game. That way, the Eagles really do have something to play for next weekend. But you might as well wrap the whole conference up if the Cowboys lose this game. But I'm rolling with the Jaguars. 28 to 24. See, I was thinking about rolling with the Jags too. Trevor Lawrence over his last um, four games, 10 touchdowns, zero picks. He's been playing. He's been our 11 or five games. He's been playing like you expected him to play over these last five weeks. He's really taken the next step in the NFL, which is great because he's showing why he was the highly coveted number one overall pick. But. As much as I do want to take the Jags, I am going to trust if Dallas is a really good team, even though the Eagles are looming, they know that they have to win every game to get there. I've got Dallas in a close one. I think it's going to be 30-27. to 27. Yeah, must win for Dallas, absolutely. Because, uh, you know, they need the Eagles game next week on Christmas Eve to have any sort of shot at the division and then in turn the one seed. Um and Cowboys are, they have so much talent, especially on the defensive side of the ball. But, you know, Dak can just, he can just have weird games here and there and weird throws where he just, you know, there's some games where he looks elite and then some games where he looks middle of the pack. Uh, same for Mike McCarthy. I think Mike McCarthy's had a pretty good year for the most part. But, I mean, you can have a game like last week. Luckily for them, it was the Texans. Uh, luckily, you know, you can't have that game versus the Jaguars. Jaguars can have the tendency to turn the ball over, which, you know, plays in the Cowboys' favor. But, I mean, you just can't be ugly with the ball, can't be careless with the ball, uh, you know. And they can shred you on offense if they want to, you know. They just have so much talent everywhere at the Jaguars yes, that they can absolutely give the Cowboys problems. So, I don't know, big game for the Cowboys – Yes, the Eagles game on Christmas Eve will be a test, but I think this game's just as much of a test as anything because if you're a great team, you win this game regardless. You don't just play with the Jaguars. No, you put the talented team that can beat you, you put them away, especially on the road. So we'll find out a lot about the Cowboys not only this week, but you know, with the Christmas Eve game against the Eagles. And, uh, you know, they're riding high, especially off that Colts win, but that Texans game... Yeah, if you want to say an in-state rival, sure. But, I mean, the Texans had nothing to play for and gave them every bit of Probably. a run for the money. Say, that's a mark of a great team. Regardless, I understand that great teams have to beat the great teams for sure. But, like, again, obviously we always harp back to it because we watched them. But the reason why the Patriots are such a great team is they didn't take anyone lightly, and Bill Belichick coached them every week like they were playing Peyton Manning. So they, there was very rare times where a team like, say, the Texans would actually play with the Patriots when they were in their prime. When you're, I would say, when you're a good, when you're a great team, you play really good with the with the high end teams, and then with the low end competition, you just blow them out. Obviously, you can have a bad Sunday. Everyone's gonna have a bad Sunday or two, but you can't consistently have those bad Sundays if you want to be a great team. So if Dallas. And ja- and the Jags are by no means a bad team. They're a solid team, but I if Dallas they're young, they're, they're young, young up and coming team with mm-hmm. a lot of talent. 
Yeah, they're a team next year that could possibly be a fringe playoff team for sure if they get the right pieces in the offseason too. But with Dallas being how Dallas is, the NFC Championship game is well in their reach. They need to win this game. Getting that one seed for Dallas is very, very pivotal for me. I, for me personally thinking um, for obviously for them, but for me, like when I'm coming to betting and things, because them going into Tampa, I understand they are better than Tampa, but Dallas can Dallas and it'd only be fitting against Tom if they Dallas. So I think that one seed would be very pivotal, but anyways, we can move on. I'm still trying to figure out how you weave Tom Brady into that, but yeah, I think, I mean, I don't see, I don't see Dallas getting the one seed for sure. I mean, they're what two games back. The Eagles. See, I don't think they will, but as as I don't think they will. But again, they don't feel like that. I mean, they feel like they can definitely get run the table and get the sure. one seed. As sure, they should, and as I they know, should. Even if they did run the table, I mean, shit, that would still put them one game back of the Eagles. If the Eagles were to let's say just lose the Cowboys game, they would have to um, lose to the Giants the last week of the season. Yeah, and that's, because I don't think they're not losing to the Bears and they're not losing to the Saints. They'd have to lose to the Giants the last week of the season, and that one's in Philly, which is very scary. Yeah, they're definitely not losing to the Giants. I mean, the the whole the Giants' playoff hopes really kind of hinge on next weekend's game with the Eagles and Cowboys. If the Eagles win and have nothing to play for in Week 18, the Giants really got a good shot. You know, if they're resting everybody, that's going to be the Giants. Main shot because really the only and we'll get to the Giants later with the Commanders game, so I'll save that for that. But uh, you know the Giants got to be rooting hard for the Eagles to win or the Cowboys to lose some games here and there because it really does hinge a lot on that uh, game on the twenty fourth. One hundred percent. But uh, yeah, you mentioned the Jaguars being a fringe playoff team. I'll take it a step further. If you're a Jaguars fan and you're a Lions fan, it's playoffs are bust next year. If you're a fan of those teams, uh, both teams headed in the right direction. I mean, the Lions might make it this year. Shit, we've talked about that. But, uh, you know, no reason for either one of those teams not to make it next year with the talent the Jaguars have at skill positions, at quarterback, obviously, and on the defense. So, Jaguars on the up and up, they just got to take care of the ball. They also got Doug Peterson, uh, great offensive coach, Super Bowl winning coach. So, I mean, Jaguars. If you're a Jags fan, you got to be thinking 10 wins next year, you know? Much like how Lions fans were looking at the beginning of this season. Uh, anyway, to the most meaningless game of the week, Cardinals at Broncos. Backup quarterbacks, it's looking like Colt McCoy versus, uh, what is it, Ripien? Brett Ripien? Yeah, Ripien, I think. Ripien, whatever the fuck his name is. Uh, apologize if I cut that wrong. But one and a half point favorite, the Broncos. I feel bad for Russ because Russ finally looked like Russ last week and then gets knocked out of the game with a concussion. Ugly looking injury. 20, they scored over 16. That's a clapping moment for them. My God. Yeah. Amazing. And if, and if Russ stays in that game, there's a chance they steal that game from the Chiefs. It was 27 0. Uh, who was that? I forget his first name, but Gay for the Chiefs makes an outstanding play Gay, on Russell Wilson. William Gay, uh, you know, tips the ball to himself, leaps in the air, gets a pick six. I saw people blaming Russell Wilson for that pick six that he had. And I'm like, that's one of the most incredible plays I've no, seen all this year by no, defensive you're, you're not going to 
you're not going to see five better plays than that this year. There was one I can think against the Bengals where like Miles Garrett, like there, there's been some plays. Oh no, T.J. Watt had a pick this year that was insane. But um, otherwise, you're not going to find five better defensive plays this season than that. That was just a pure ability. But, uh, Sometimes plus, the defense is just better than the offense. Like it happens. You can throw a perfect ball. You can make everything there, and the defense just makes a great play. That's why you play defense. I'm gonna make a pick for this game. I'm gonna roll with. Just by quarterback, because I think the Broncos are the better team, but I think Cole McCoy is the better backup. I'm going to say 2017 Cardinals, but I just want to say this about Russ. I'm not writing him off for next year. Uh, the Nathaniel Hackett hire was terrible, and yes. it wasn't even meant for Russ. Like that was that was Aaron Rodgers' guy. The Broncos thought they were going to get Aaron Rodgers, and uh, you know he was the Packers' OC, I believe. So I mean that was completely meant for Aaron Rodgers. So Hackett's definitely not going to be around next year. Russell Wilson's definitely going to be around for at least the next, what, three years? Yeah, um, they, they can't get rid of him. <laughs> and he looked good last week. Like, I, that was the first time we saw him really scramble, making plays with his feet, making good throws, you know, dropping in the bucket type throws. It's still there. I have a really hard time believing Russ fell off this much from 2021 to 2022. I have a extremely hard time believing that so i believe whoever they do get in there as head coach and as an oc whoever their staff is next year i do expect some improvement from russ and uh, i think last week was encouraging for that that was the first time they really all collectively as a team shook off the cobwebs uh, especially the offense i should say because the defense has been performing most of the year so uh yeah i guess that's something to look forward to if you're a broncos fan because you're certainly not gonna have nathaniel hackett uh King, go ahead and make your pick. Um, I got Arizona twenty-three to sixteen, rolling with my uh, Texas Longhorn great Colt McCoy. <laughs> For sure, uh, Patriots at the Raiders. This was going to be the Sunday night game. Got moved to four o'clock on Fox, which is weird because it's an AFC okay? matchup. As far as what. This game, you were you've been last week. You said you were thoroughly nervous for this game, so I'm just making sure you're okay. Well, I was. I mean, because I, I completely expected the Raiders to win that game last week, and they should have won that game. I mean, you couldn't, in the same week, in the span of four days, we had the same exact pathetic loss. First on Monday night, Saints and uh, Tampa Bay. Yeah, They somehow let Brady and the Bucks back in that game and win that game. Same exact thing happened with the Raiders in more pathetic fashion against Baker Mayfield, who was signed for, what, two days before he's thrown into that yeah, game? Yeah, 48 hours. With, with the amount of talent the Raiders have, that was a pathetic loss that ended any hopes they had at the postseason. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, because they're a team that had the ability to possibly win out. They still get the Chiefs, and I do anticipate they will, uh, you know, take a game like that seriously. They're going to try to sp play spoiler. Uh, sounds like McDaniels is still going to be back next year, but what a pathetic loss against the Rams. That's unquestionably just pathetic. There's no other word for it. Pathetic. No reason that should have happened. No uh, that can't happen. And, uh, you know, Carr, still think Carr is really good. Still think their offense is good. They got great pieces on defense. Uh, you know, had they won that game, I probably would have picked the Raiders in this game. But I'm going to roll with the Pats. Then the Pats got the Bengals at 1 o'clock on Christmas Eve. That'll tell us everything we need to know about the Patriots. Um, Patriots still somehow in pole position really when it comes to that wild card 
uh, especially if the Jets continue to lose. If they, you know, they got a gift here with Zach Wilson going against the Lions. Uh, so, you know, if the Patriots can get a win, the Jets lose, you know, whatever happens, the Chargers and Titans we'll talk about right after this game. Um, I don't know. I got the Patriots winning, let's say 27 to 23. Uh, maybe Matt Patricia, who seems to show up after Mac Jones screams on him. That seems to be the only time Matt Patricia can call a damn play. Uh, I'm not optimistic about this team on the offensive side of the ball, and there's no reason for it. I mean, Matt, I mean, we, you heard me talk about Matt Patricia last week. I'm not going to go into detail. He did better once Mac Jones screamed on him against the Cardinals. Uh, this defense is still elite. Special teams is still elite. If this offense can give him anything, if they can take the fucking training wheels off Mac Jones and let him cook a little bit, I don't want to say sky's the limit, but the sky is certainly, or the ceiling certainly raised a little bit at least. But uh, we'll see. And if Matt Patricia decides to not take the training wheels off, guess what? The Raiders have plenty of talent to win that game. Now, like I said before, the Raiders just lost to fucking Baker Mayfield on a Thursday night game where they had it more than in hand. He had to go 98 yards. All they had to do was, you know. game-winning drive under two minutes in the history of the NFL. Pathetic. I, I wasn't even my team, and I was, like, screaming at the TV. That and the Saints game, really. I just couldn't believe it. Like, bad coaching on any team just brings the worst out of me, yeah. whether it's the NBA, NFL, whatever. When I see bad coaching, I just... I don't know. Makes me lose my mind. And that was one of those moments. But I'm rolling with the Pats, and then we'll see what the chips uh, let the chips fall where they may with the Bengals game. Not confident, but we'll see. We'll see how this goes Sunday. This will be a good litmus test. Yes, the Raiders are out of the playoff picture, but they're talented. They're going to try to win. It's McDaniels versus Belichick. Uh, McDaniels is certainly going to try to win that game. Uh and even though it sounds like he's going to be back, I'm sure to some degree he's going to be kind of coaching for his job a bit. Who the fuck knows, really, honestly. But, yeah, Pats, 27-23. A um, few points. Vegas is on a 10-day rest or a 9-day rest. Josh McDaniels circled this game before the season started. Regardless, he is playing his old team. <laughs> So you've got a that's one of those games when you look at the schedule for the year, you're like, okay, that's a game that I care about. They're coming off one of the worst losses of the entire year. Probably arguably the worst loss of the entire year. The only other worst loss you could argue is their Cardinals loss. So yep. like they have like probably three or four of the worst losses this entire year, which is terrible to say. All that being said, yeah, I have New England in this game. I think New England is probably going to go one and two over their last three between the Bengals, Dolphins, and um, Bills. I think the Dolphins are losing clearly. The Patriots win. They're both eight and six, and they play each other, which means Wait, that— Wait, you, you think they're losing to the Dolphins? No, no, no. I said they're going to go one and two out of the next three. I, I, they could go two and one, but I think they'll go one and two out of the Bengals, Bills, and Dolphins. I'm saying the bang, the Dolphins are going to lose this week to the Bills. The Patriots will win, and it'll be 8-6, and six, both teams, going into the last three games. Mm. And the Dolphins and Patriots play. I think the, pa- the, Dolph- the Dolphins don't normally sweep. I think the Patriots should win that game 
the Dolphins could have a chance to be out of the playoffs. They really could. They could fall out. Because the Chargers are looking better, and they have Keenan Allen back finally. We're going to talk about them literally in like two minutes. But they have Keenan Allen back. They have Mike Williams back, so they're looking better. They just beat the Dolphins, too, so if they tie, they have the tiebreaker. Yeah, this game truly... This game truly worries me. I mean, I know I just picked the Patriots, but no, it truly worries me more than the Dolphins game. This like, is a must-win game. Like we if we're not, if we don't win, there's a high percentage that we're not making the playoffs. If we do win, there's a pretty good chance that we can sneak into the playoffs, especially if the Jets lose and the Dolphins lose. So I I think the Patriots are going to win twenty six to twenty and I didn't catch it. What was the line on this game? One and a half. Raiders are favored. Okay, thank you. Um, yeah. Weirdly, this game scares me more than that Dolphins game. I really think the Patriots can contain the Dolphins, and they really did most of their opening week game. Aside from that play right before the half, where the Dolphins. Scored, you know, it's kind of a free play. They got a slant up the middle and took it to the house, and they didn't really do anything the second half. And uh, the Patriots didn't really score. They moved the ball well that game, but didn't really capitalize. You know, that was when we thought it was looking up and up. You know, Patricia actually looked okay at that point in the season, but uh, yeah, your guess is as good as mine with this game. I could see the Patriots no showing as far as offense. Oh yeah, that, could, that's always on the that's always on the table. And I could see them showing up. You know, who the hell knows? Uh, we do know this. Their defense is the definition of elite with, uh, you know, Uche playing well. Uh, obviously, Judon, their secondary has been playing well. They should get Jalen Mills back this game. Um, they you know, they're even getting pretty- in the league for sure. Absolutely. Explosive defense. They got production out of their backup running backs last week. No Damian Harris. Ramondre went out. We probably won't have Ramondre this week. Damian Harris looks to be back, but their backup running backs were moving the ball. Yeah, Kevin uh, Harris. Kevin Harris, yeah, you look great. And, uh, you know, just as long, just, you know, take the training wheels off Mac and let him throw. He might turn it over. Yeah, that's part of the game. That's part of the game. He might turn it over. Like, let him throw down the field because guess what? He can have success that way too. So, anyway, moving on. That was a lot of time on the Patriots and Raiders. Titans at Chargers. Chargers are a three-point favorite at home. Titans, really hard to quantify this part of the year. They're not playing good football at all. They sh- still will probably run away with the division. Uh, you know, you mentioned a couple, couple more games. If the Jags start, if the Jags win this week and they lose, could get True. dicey. Could get dicey. True. I don't could think it will, dicey. but like I don't think it will, but it could get dicey with how Tennessee's playing. Uh, you mentioned like the Cowboys. We both mentioned the Cowboys. Like, if they put away the the Jaguars, like that's a good measure of them. You know, it's a talented team that's not in the playoffs, but you can't look past them going into that Eagles game. Eagles last week blowing out the Titans when a lot of people are picking the Titans, or at least think that's going to be a close game, and it wasn't even close. They blow them off the field. Um, so the Titans looking to get back on track here. Chargers, they're on an upward scale right now. Um, yeah, I'm going to let you pick first because I really don't know which way I'm going here. <laughs> the Titans haven't won since they played Green Bay. Uh, they lost to the Bengals. They lost to the Eagles. They lost to the Jags. I don't see – I think the Chargers are 
starting, if you want to call it peaking for them at the right time, they're starting to move up at the right time. They're crescendo. And then certainly getting healthy. Yeah, they're getting healthy. Mike Williams and Keenan Allen have finally played like a full game together, and we see what that duo can do. Joshua Palmer has emerged uh, as being a nice third option for them. Austin Eckler's been great all season. Herbert, you see when he has his weapons, he's definitely one of the most talented young QBs in the game. I got this game 30-20 to because I think Tennessee only has one way to win, and they're not good against the pass. They, I was going to say, they have, a stout, they have a pretty stout defense against the run, but they're not great against the pass at all. They're, if they're going to win this game, the uh, Chargers can't score more than 22 because other than the Packers game, the Titans haven't scored over 22 points since October. So I got this game 30 to 20 Chargers. Yeah, weird game, weird team. It- and you again, know, the, the Chargers could up, flame out because it's the Chargers, and we don't know whatever happens with them. But I think they're, I think they're a real team, and I got them thirty to twenty. You going? Yeah, Chargers look good in a defensive battle with the with the Dolphins last week. Um, again, the Titans are going to look to be on track here. Where the Titans do have an advantage is head coach here, Vrabel versus Brandon Staley. Uh, but I weirdly have faith in charges, but I do think it's going to be a field goal game. I don't think the Titans are going to completely die off. Fair. Um, so we'll say another 27-24 game. Give the edge to the Chargers, though. Right. And then next we got the Bengals at Tampa Bay. Bengals are a three-and-a-half-point favorite. I do not think this game will be close. I think it's a 35-17 to game, Bengals. For all the reasons we have listed, this is this would be the game that like man like the Bucks managed to make close. I would never bet it. I don't think it's gonna be close. You have one of the hottest, if not the hottest team in football right now, playing one of the coldest team in, teams in football. I think it's gonna be around the thirty to seventeen range. Cincy. Uh, you know what? We're gonna do. Let's do the Monday night game first, and then we'll do Giants and Commanders because there's actual ramifications with that game. Yeah, I actually enjoy talking. I'll enjoy talking about that game. This game doesn't matter at all. Rams seven point underdog at the Packers. Packers should win that game. Um, Packers not in the playoff picture. Uh, what do they have? Eight losses right now. Uh, yeah, they'd have to run the table. They would have to run the table, so they have an outside outside shot. Uh, I mean, shit. How things are going right now, they—I'm not saying they're gonna make the playoffs at all. I'm not gonna be even close to predict that. But I think they have a pretty favorable schedule. Yeah, they play the—I'll say they play the Rams and they play the Dolphins. Not actually, they played some divisions and they play the Vikings and Lions. So it's gonna be interesting to see. There is a slim chance they could run the table if they actually get it together because they didn't look terrible against the Eagles. Their defense didn't play well, but then they played a decent game against the um, Bears. Yeah, they finally found rhythm against the Bears. Yeah, they're they're 2-2 over their last four. Obviously, they lost to the Titans and the Eagles, two pretty solid teams. So they could theoretically run the table because their schedule isn't, like, the hardest in the world. I don't think they will, but we'll see. Yeah, they could. They they definitely look better than their, you know, weak – Four, five through nine or ten range. You know what I mean? They since the Lions look, loss, they've looked much better. Absolutely, and uh, yeah, who knows? I expect them to come out of there with a win. Rams been looking competitive, weirdly. 
even though they have not a ton of talent, but their defense has been performing. Uh, Baker looked way better in that one game versus the Raiders than he did his entire season with the Panthers. Yep. But uh, say 27-17 pack. And then the Giants, who are four oh, and a half. 28-20 Green Bay. Sorry. Oh, my fault. My no, fault. You're, I went you're good. I already talked about it. 28-20 Green Bay. I just think they're a better team. And then Giants at Commanders, the Sunday nightcap. Uh, looking forward to this game. Commanders are a four-and-a-half-point favorite. Uh, and I think the Commanders are going to win 23-17. Uh, as I said before, I kind of really laid a lot of this shit out with the Giants already. The Giants do not have the easiest schedule at all. They have not won since their game against the Texans and I believe, what, week seven? Mm-hmm. Um and they've got the Colts left. They, I believe they have the Vikings. I don't have it right in front of me. But I believe it's Colts, Vikings, uh, the Eagles in the last game of the week. They obviously have this Commanders game. I think that's it, right? Um, Everyone's got know, three games I, left. I can uh, – four games. So they play – this week they play the Commanders. Next week they play the Vikings. Then they play the Colts. Then they play the Eagles. All right, cool. So I had it. So, so they could they could win that Colts game. They will. I doubt they'll win that Vikings game. They need this game. I don't see it. Uh, But again, if the Eagles have nothing to play for, they could sneak their way in, depending on what goes on with the Seahawks, with the Lions. I think the Lions are the biggest threat. Uh, Then obviously the Commanders. I think the Commanders win this game, and I think the Commanders kind of keep their wild card spot. Um, But it'll really, it'll it'll come down to really them and. I'm trying to think here. What's the exact playoff picture right now? Let me the look. The exact playoff picture: you have the Eagles as the one. You have the 49 or the Vikings technically now as the two. 49ers at the three. The Bucks at the four. Cowboys at the five. I believe the Commanders at the six. Giants at the seven. With the Seahawks looking at them and the Lions looking at them. Okay, so yeah, so the Lions and Commanders could both make it. Yeah, uh, the, the Seahawks would have to f- keep falling like they are, and then the Giants, the Giants could go from six and one to realistically eight, eight and one. Mm-hmm. They could, they could honestly lose the rest of their games this year, depending on what Colts team you see. And I wouldn't Very even true. be like shocked by it. And they went from six and one to seven, nine and one. That is a wild law. That's a wild season. They went one and eight over the last nine games. Uh, one eight and one over the last ten. That's terrible. So the Lions got, like we said, the Jets this week. They got a gift with it being Zach Wilson. Panthers game, which is going to be no gimme in Carolina. But they can and win the like Bears. Bears they should win, depending on. I mean, there's a good chance maybe they shut Fields down for the season. Who knows? Mm-hmm. But they should win that Bears game. Then they get the Packers game, which, regardless of what the season looks like. I could see them just trying to win that game, even if they're out of the playoff picture with Rodgers. Oh, definitely. Depending. But Rodgers also said once they're out of the playoff picture, he would sit games. So there's a chance you get... a Jordan Love game. And Jordan Love is no whoever the Bears' backup is. You know, Jordan Love actually looked pretty good Yeah, the one time we saw him this year. So uh, the Lions, we'll see. The Lions, and this is weird to say, could run the table. They could. They, they need to. The, if they the run Panthers, the table, they're in. Oh, they're easily in because they'll be ten and seven. But the Jets game, we both have them winning. The Panthers game, I'm not. Obviously, we'll see how the week goes. But as of this moment, I would have them winning. The Bears game, I would have them winning. And then it depends on how the Packers look over the next three weeks to see what I would feel about that game. 
but they could at least get to nine and seven if they ran won those next three games. And nine and, and seven can get you in. I was gonna say nine and seven probably will get you in. The Seahawks losing and the Giants. I, like I said, I think the Giants lose on Sunday night. So I mean, if the Commanders can kind of hold it down and the Lions can at least win three or four, they'll have a chance. The only thing um, that's gonna be that's um gonna maybe mess something up for the Lions is the fact that the Commanders and Giants both tied. Because that tie could yeah. come in, that half game could come in. In the Seahawks as well, I don't want to rule them out, but they could they All could come into play. What it's really gonna come down to is the Giants-Colts game, which the Giants are just so depleted. I'd give the edge to the Colts, but you just never know. You really never know. And the Giants are just one of the more well-coached teams in the entire league, regardless of talent. So they can definitely pull that one out. But that's the one you're circling besides the Commanders game. And don't rule them out of the Commanders game either. I'm just giving the edge to the Commanders. I think they're a more sound team. Uh, I think they got more talent, certainly. But, hey, I mean, the Giants (laughs) blitz the hell out of – the commander's last game, which they do every game, that's their MO is blitz, but Heineke did not handle it well. Uh, but, I mean, obviously that was the one to win at home. Mm. But, hey, we'll see. Uh, you know, back to the Lions, though. This Jets game, the Jets just have so much talent, it really doesn't matter. If jo- if Goff throws two picks, who the hell knows, right? I mean, that could be points for the Jets this game. So it might not even matter that it's Zach Wilson or Flacco back there. That's how talented the Jets are. And the Panthers, they can ugly it up. They can they will run on the Lions. Like that game's no no easy game for the Lions. So they're gonna be battle tested. Uh I mean they should they've been battle tested. They should have won the Bills game. And or at least should have tied it. That was terrible cotton. Blew out the Jags and then win by double digits in the, the Vikings. Like again, a gift with Zach Wilson. If oh, they definitely. Can, Zach Wilson's gonna throw, you know, I talked about Goff maybe throwing two. Zach Wilson's gonna throw you three bad passes at least. It's up to them if they pick that off. So yeah. they should, as bad as this Lions defense is, they should have a couple chances here. And then uh yeah, the Panthers. It's gonna be if they can pull off a stretch of win against the Jags, win against the Vikings, win against the Jets and the Panthers. I mean shit. You're gonna win that Bears game. And then it's whatever they want to play for in that Packers game. But if they can win the next two. And the thing about them is, not that, I mean, we're looking far ahead right now. They could see the Vikings in the first round. Like, they might be able to avoid the 49ers and see the Vikings, which means they could possibly get to the divisional, which would be a little crazy, like, to think about this seven weeks ago. But not, I was going to say, obviously, that's way projecting forward. We don't know how the playoffs are going to pan out. But there's a world where they play the Vikings, or they play the Vikings rather than have them to go to San Fran or go to Philly. Or not for Philly, anyway, they get the bye. I can't wait. These are going to be amazing games this weekend. Amazing games to close out the whole entire season. Yep. Um, yeah, we'll find out a lot about each and every one of these teams. Mm-hmm. I mean, you talk about bad coaching. This is where bad coaching really sticks out. We're going to see some boneheaded coaching. We're going to see some quarterbacks or players in general not live up to the pressure. Uh, we're going to see some players live up to the pressure. And uh, I don't know. My favorite time, like as much as I hate the winter or hate cold weather, I should say, a great point in the NFL season 
you know, the last four or five weeks heading into the playoffs. And of course you get the playoffs in January. Like it's just these regular season games might as well be mini playoff games. Cause that's the atmosphere they yeah. bring. I mean, they absolutely. Really I mean, there's nothing solidified right now at this point in the season. Chiefs are playing for the one seed Bengals, the bills are playing for the one seed. All the other teams are playing for playoff spots. Even though Philly's 12 and one, they can't slip up because if they do, Dallas could usurp them. So it's literally like every single person is playing. Every single team, I should say not person as if there's only 32 people in the league. Uh, every single team is playing with a purpose right now. Obviously, Philly's the first team that could not play with a purpose because they could. Dallas loses this game, they win. They kind of have the division locked and the number one seed locked. But otherwise, every team is playing for something because they all could. The playoffs will matter so much in how things are going. So that's why this part of the season is amazing for the NFL. Absolutely, and unlike the NBA. You're going to have the bottom of the league, you know, looking to win these games, just looking to build something for next year. Uh, Winning the last know, two games of the season for a team, say, like the Panthers, even though they probably won't make the playoffs, is big because it still gives you that, like, okay, this is how you win games. This is how you do this. This is how you do that. And kind of build some confidence. Kind of like if you're going to compare it to bat- the basketball the yeah. basketball uh, kind of when uh, Phoenix went eight and zero in the bubble, even though they didn't make the play uh, the playoffs, they still kind of the set the tone for the next season and built something there. So to com- make that cross sport comparison like that, yeah. but in the NFL, you see it way more. Those last few games really help go into the off season. Yeah, no, real quick, like I would say, you use the Panthers as an example, right? But like they seem to really like their coach, mm-hmm. who's an intern right now. So he's possibly coaching for his job next year. You know 100%. what I mean? I would, I would assume they replace him, but I mean, he's doing well. I mean, they're semi in the hunt here. But you compare that. Here's two teams I will say, like, have absolutely nothing to play for, all right? The Rams are different because they're defending champions. They got pedigree, and they still got talent on defense, even though the defense hasn't really played well up until when their season has been over. Yeah. The last few weeks they've been playing well. But they're going to try to win, right? The Cardinals and Broncos, which I think – like I said, their head coach is definitely out of there. Uh, I would assume Cliff Kingsbury is out of there yeah, for the Cardinals. Here's the thing. They re-upped his like, contract like before the season started, so you would think they're going to fire him. But at the same time, we don't know. They need to. I think they need a new voice there. But I would assume. I would I, assume you would assume. I on, They should. You so with him and Kyler out, like Kyler's out right now, and he's probably not going to be back. That's one you can – like. The Cardinals and the Bucks, or sorry, the Broncos right now are probably two teams you can circle, uh, especially yeah, with don't. Russell, especially with Russell Wilson being out right now. If yeah, Russell Wilson's in, either. like if he comes back week after next, he's going to be playing for some rhythm next year with that offense. You know what I mean? So yeah, I was gonna say because that offense is also mentioned. missing Javante Williams, which was their obviously their lead back, which is, was a big part of their offense, a forgotten piece to that team. And uh, yeah, last thing I was going to say was, uh, you know, towards the end of the season and certainly week 18. I think week 18, everything is a divisional matchup. But yeah. all these these last three, four weeks here are littered with division matchups. Uh, Keenan, last thing before we go, what is your fantasy playoffs looking like right now? Oh, man, we're looking great. Um, so I've got a first round bye. I went 11-3 in one league. I was the second seed. First two seeds get a first round bye. 
Other league, I went nine and uh, I went ten and four, and I have a first round bye because I'm the number one seed. And then in my third league, the league that I do with my friends, the one that came down here, I am. Our playoffs started last week. I'm up fourteen on Ira. All I have to do is make sure I don't lose by more than fourteen, and I'm in the uh, championship game. So we're looking amazing. Basketball hasn't been going so well for me, but football. I have a chance to win all three leagues, which a realistic chance to win all three leagues, which is amazing. That's big. Uh, yeah, my basketball team's in the up and up. Uh, we're healthy at the right time. Nobody wants to hear about that, but we'll talk about that later in the year. But so I was on the outside looking in last week, needing a win to get in. I was a seventh seed, need to be top six. Yeah. Um, six and five dropped out. I moved up to the five seed. Oh, got the win. So Lamar, I mean, I've told you this, Lamar, I built my team around Lamar Jackson. Uh, you know, our second half of the year was pretty ugly. Like Chubb's been putting up nothing this year, especially since Deshaun has gotten back compared to like the first seven weeks when he was killing shit. But uh, I pick up Brock Purdy. He gets me 16 points last night. Uh, and I'm currently up. I'm currently up in this matchup. I'm facing the four seed. Shouts to Duke. Listener of the show too. What up, Duke? Uh, I'm up on him. He's got a more talented team for sure than me, but uh, I don't know. I've got some, like, I picked up Taysom Hill, who's a tight end in this league. So I picked him up at tight end because that's been a hole of mine, especially with uh, Kyle Pitts going out. I've Hayden Hurst. He's been out the last few weeks, so I yep. need a tight end. I think Taysom Hill can uh, can swing that for me. And uh, I picked you up. You just need Taysom Hill to get one little cheap rushing touchdown. That's all you need. Just to score. Just to score. And they love to give him the ball around the goal line. So they can get within the red zone and just call a play for him. Boom. That's all I need. Yep. Uh, and then I picked up Jahan Dotson. He's right now starting at my uh, at my flex spot. That's really that's going to decide the week for me. Is this flex spot? I don't know whether to play him or. Or Damian Harris, because Cooks and now Nico Collins are out for the Texans. I picked him up. Debo obviously went out last week. Oh, uh, yeah. if you, if Ramondre's out, you play Damian Harris. You think so? Yeah. I almost want to, because Dotson played well against the Giants. I think but, with Terry McLaurin, Curtis Samuel, uh, I, I would, when they're using Antonio Gibson and Brian Robinson, I would go Damian Harris personally. That is my uh, fantasy. It's my fantasy lifeline to you. But obviously, I don't. Joan Dotson, he's a big play guy. So you just got to hope for a big play. And it they is Sunday nearly, night football. So the, like, those seem to happen more. They have nearly the same exact average points, too. Yeah, no, they, they definitely do. Dotson's at 9.23. Harris is at 9.26. Yeah, I would I personally would go with Damian Harris because I think he I think he's a guy who will get the ball probably 15 to 20 times, especially if especially if Ramondre's out. If Ramondre's not out, then I'd probably go with Jawan Dotson. Yeah, I have 15 points last night from the Niners defense, and like I said, 16 from Purdy. Uh, would have been more. They had a pick six that was called back last night. Yeah, for a rough in the past. And I was face and I was facing Geno Smith, which is why I would have helped even more. But I'm up, I'm up 16 points right now, and we'll see. I'm projected to lose, but we'll we'll see. We will see. 
But yeah, I'm sweating out this uh, Dotson versus Harris decision for sure. Yeah, I'm say you're gonna have to check the injury report on um, Sunday. Thank God for you, though. He's that, looking like he's gonna play. Yeah, he's, I was say, he's looking like he's gonna play, and Ramondre's looking like he probably he might not. Yeah, he's not gonna play, which is why I should pick Harris. But he hasn't had a reasonable fantasy game since the Packers in Week Four. Uh, he put up 12 against the Jets, whatever. You know, he carried the ball well against them, but they weren't featuring anybody that game. Yeah. So he's hard to quantify. And again, I'm, I I want to give Dotson the nod just because he performed well against the Giants two weeks ago. And he's had higher scoring games than uh, – he's got a higher ceiling than Harris as far as this season goes. Yeah. But if the Pats get around the goal line, guess who's getting the ball? Damian Harris, of course. So, shit, maybe I should put that in, but we'll see. Anyway, it's almost midnight. I know you got to get up in the morning. Keenan, great talking to you. We'll be talking more NBA next week for sure, yes. along with the NFL, obviously. But, uh, yeah, definitely a lot of NBA thoughts. It's been a fun season. It's been a crazy, unpredictable season. So much has changed even since the last time we talked NBA. Mm-hmm. But, uh, Keenan, great talking to you. Good I'll talking talk to you as well. I'll talk to you weekend, I'm sure. And, uh, Listeners, if you're in the middle of this storm in the Northeast, be safe this week, uh, this weekend, I should say. Enjoy the football, and uh, we'll be back. <laughs>